This morning, let's bring this thing home, week four of pilgrimage, and we're titling this message, The Lord of the Journey. The Lord of the Journey. And I want to go to Psalm 40 to begin our time together here. We're going to go one, verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to go 11 to 17, jump around a little bit, but uh, we'll get the gist of the psalm in doing so. And here's what the psalmist says, Psalm 140. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. Reminds me of Lord of the Rings, the bog. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha, say aha, aha. That's right. Don't say that to your neighbor though. That's a, that's a huge, derogatory comment. Anyway, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. As we always do, let's take a second and a moment of silence, pause, reflection, before the Lord and before his word. And let's just be present before our God of love this morning in this moment of stillness. We give this time to you, Father. If it helps, just take some deep breaths. Reset. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with us. Let the shame-filled weekend slip away. Let your stress and your anxiety for tomorrow slip away. Just be present before the Lord right now as a son, as a daughter. Abba, we belong to you. We belong to you, Lord. And we make plans and we 
We pursue these things in life that are good, but Lord, let these things never, these little gifts, these graces from you, let them never take first place in our hearts. God, would you be the king? Jesus Christ, would you be the center of our adoration, the center of our lives? God, the center that we just orbit around, that presence, that holy someone that we keep coming back to. And this morning, we lay our lives before you anew, and we say, come Holy Spirit. We recognize your presence with us, and we know you're here, but we ask that you would awaken our hearts to see you, to hear you, to move and to breathe and to have our being and to keep in step with you. We thank you, Lord. We just love being yours. We ask that you would teach us this morning. We ask that you would guide us into your truth. We pray that you would instruct us and that you would uh, just teach us specifically this morning, whatever season of life we're in, whatever state our soul is in this weekend, I pray that you would teach us to the specificity of our circumstances and the specificity of our souls. Let us take away general truth, but let us also drink um, of the individual, unique, specific water that is just for us this morning. We give this time to you and we thank you. We praise you. Thank you for making us yours. And we say that we love being your kids. And we love that you're our dad. We pray your good and sweet and pure presence in this place. Would you teach us according to your word? And we commit ourselves to do everything that you teach us this morning. And with the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said... Amen. Amen, amen. Oh, I love those moments. So good. Um, But have you ever, have you ever found yourself looking back on a situation or a season of life and saying, we made it? Uh, maybe it was that roller coaster ride you took when you were nine. Uh, If you were like me, your dad lied to you that there wasn't a hill on Splash Mountain. And, uh, and, and after the fact, you know, with tears running down your face, you said, we made it, I survived. Uh, maybe it was a rough patch in a relationship that you've recently been in or have been in in the past. Maybe it's that season of applying for jobs where you apply for nine and on the 10th one you get it and you say, oh, I made it. Thank God. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to be begging. I'm here. I'm good. We got it. Um, JC and I, my wife, have had many seasons in our lives where we look back and we say, thank God, we made it. But one in particular, probably the most memorable we had, came when we were dating. And uh, a few years back, JC and I had been dating for about nine months. I had met her family, but she hadn't yet met mine. And we were living in Houston, Texas at the time, and we had planned this big weekend for us to travel out here and for her to meet my family. And for those of you who have gotten there in a relationship or who are engaged or married, you know that that is a big, monumentous weekend in time, right? So we're, we're excited. Oh, this is going to be so fun. You know, I, I want to propose to JC. But she has to meet my family first and all this stuff. So we fly out in the middle of January and catch this late night flight into Denver. And my dad picks us up from the airport. 
But when we were landing, Denver had just gotten blasted by a snowstorm. And there was about six to eight inches of snow, fresh snow, fresh powder on the ground. So my dad picks us up at at DIA at like 11 o'clock at night in his truck. And we jump in the car and JC starts meeting my dad. And hey, how are you, Mr. Caldwell? And blah, 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 you know, talking and all that. And we're on our way home. And as we're going down 225, uh, we hit a patch of ice and slam into the median. And uh, yeah, full speed. It was, it was pretty freaky. But we're, we're looking around and airbags didn't go off. Okay, I think we're good. And so my, the car shut off, but my dad starts the car again and we start driving. Well, in the middle of 225, the car starts sputtering. And we think, shoot, not tonight, come on. And all of a sudden, it dies in the middle of the interstate. And so we have to get this thing off of the ramp, down onto the exit. We, we end up getting it to this parking lot of Village Inn. And it's snowing, and it's blizzarding, and it was our safe haven, right? Because Village Inn is open 24-7, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, any day you want. So we go to Village Inn. Okay, let's just let's get some coffee. Let's get Let's just figure out how now shall we live kind of a thing. And so uh, I walk up to the door of Village Inn, and I go to open it. It's locked. It's closed. Village Inn? Are you serious? And so we're trying to get in. It's closed, and we have to stay in our car. We call a tow truck for an hour and a half. We're waiting in this freezing cold blizzard conditions in the car. JC has my dad's hat wrapped around her feet like a beanie. She's wearing them like socks. Just we're, We're freezing. We're shivering. We're thinking, what the heck is happening? The tow truck finally comes around midnight. And we, uh, we, we have to stay in this podunk Motel 6 that night. Um, and, and my dad coughs up the money for us to have two rooms. And, it, and it's freezing and it's weird. And it's like this sketchy spot. What? So much for the perfect weekend. What is happening? So we spend the night in this Motel 6. We wake up. We wait until like 11 a.m. that next morning to get the tow truck. We get this rental car. We drive down to Colorado Springs, again in blizzard conditions. And we get to our house, and we kiss the ground, and we say, we made it. Okay. And by that time, we had like 12 hours to spend with the family and for JC to meet my family. And it was just a horrific, terrible time of a weekend. Uh, Stress-inducing. We thought we were going to die in the freezing cold parking lot of Village Inn, which I will never eat at again in my life. And it's not just because it was closed. I kind of hate the food there too, but we won't get there. And we, we were like, oh, okay, we made it. It's great. Now we, can, now we can rest. Now we can just do this weekend and, and have family time. And life is filled. Those were one of many moments in our lives where we stopped and we say we made it. And we find that life for all of us is filled with these we made it kind of moments. Life is filled with the ups and the downs. And when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, there comes a moment where the Lord uh, realizes and reaches out to us and, and gives us redemption and satisfaction and hope. And we stand on the brink of utter destruction even sometimes in a relationship or with sorrow or with doubt. And we look back and we say, we made it. And there's a collection of Psalms that uh, speak of the we made it kind of mentality, where the psalmist is looking back on his life and he's looking back at the season of, of frustration and the season of sorrow and the season of suffering. And it's as if he says, okay, we made it. We're good. All is well. It is well with my soul. 
Our good friend, Walter Brueggemann, who we've been referring to throughout this series, a prolific Old Testament scholar and a scholar of the Psalms in particular, calls these Psalms the Psalms of New Orientation. We've seen orientation, we've seen disorientation, and now he calls these the Psalms of disorient, or the Psalms of New Orientation, excuse me. And these are the Psalms where the psalmist has moved out of the place of disorientation, of darkness, of suffering, of doubt, of fear, of stress, and into this new season of new orientation that's marked by salvation, that's marked by provision, and there has been rescue from a good and loving God. New orientation in life. And so these Psalms of New Orientation really speak of the the season where the faithful of God have gone down to the pit to the miry bog, and they're hanging with Schmeagol, and they're just, they're kind of in hell on earth, right? And then just when they're at the brink, and just when they're questioning if they've been abandoned by God, the Lord snatches them up, and he delivers them, and he gives them peace, and he gives them life, and he gives them a new song in their mouth, and wind in their sails, and he comes, and he rescues them. And now they live to tell of the faithfulness of Yahweh. This is the song of new orientation. This is the season in which the faithful now live. New orientation. Psalm 40, what we just read. This prayer is a new oriented prayer. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He heard my cry. He snatched me up from the pit. He gave me a new song to sing. I will praise the Lord. New orientation. We made it. Uh, the psalmist speaks of this deliverance and new orientation again in Psalm 34. Uh, we kind of see this consistent theme coming up out of the pit, a new song, deliverance, and living to fight another day and to tell of the faithfulness of the Lord. The psalmist goes on uh, in Psalm 34 when he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Sorry, that verse is kind of cut off on the right side. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, read this part with me out loud. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. It's a season where we feel that just as the walls were closing in, and just when we thought we'd be eaten alive by our doubt, and just when we feel like our fear would absolutely cripple us and break us, just when we feel like we've been abandoned by God and we're in need financially or we're in need relationally or we're in need in a number of areas, we feel that God has rejected us, just when we feel that our story is over, the Lord comes and he snatches us up and he gives us a new song. And we see, oh, the Lord, he hasn't abandoned me. He hasn't left me down to the pit, but he, in fact, is here. He is with me. He is for me. New orientation. And it becomes our prayer, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God, you are good. You have ransomed me. You have delivered me. You have saved me. You have taken thought of me and met me in my lowly estate and snatched me up out of the miry bog.
This is the song of New Orientation. And so in the Psalms of New Orientation, we see this idea kind of overarch uh, these, these collections of psalms. And it's this, that our past, our present, and future are in the hands of our faithful and sovereign God. Our past, our present, our future are in the hands of this faithful and sovereign God. And it's in this place of new orientation that I think we all have experienced in our lives. And it's in this place of weathered reflection where we've walked down and we've, we've gone down to the pit and come back up where we look back on our lives and we see, wait a minute, in the past when I was in orientation and when there was provision and when there was life and when there was alignment and just goodness, I felt like life just had a flow before everything hit the fan. The Lord was in that. The Lord, was, the Lord was the one providing. It wasn't me. The Lord was giving me grace, and he was giving me freedom, and he was giving me life. It was the Lord who was the Lord of my past. And then we look at the season that we're coming out of, and we, we look at this destruction of our souls and this destruction of our circumstances, dysfunctional relationships, sickness in our bodies. Maybe even you're absolutely broke in your bank account. What? What is happening? Wait. But even then, we look back and we see, it was the Lord that sustained me. It was the Lord that comforted me. It was the Lord that even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, there was a holy someone, as Mother Teresa says, who was with me. And I couldn't really see him through the fog and through the haze of my doubt or through my fear, but, but he was in fact journeying with me. And then we look and we see the season that we're entering into now and, and this future that God has for us, this, this future of new provision, of new strength, of new hope, of new life. And, and we find, man, this God who has walked with me this whole time has somehow turned that which was going to destroy me into something that is good. He turned it around, and he actually made good on his promises uh, to turn everything, all things together, for the good of those who love him. So, so somehow I'm better off for this season of disorientation, and we see this God who is faithful, and who is loving, and who is sovereign, and who is the God of our story. The God who is the God of orientation. The God who draws near to us in disorientation. The God who restores us and brings us into seasons of new orientation, new alignment, new peace, new satisfaction as we come up from the pit and we proclaim the faithfulness of this God who has overshadowed us. And so we see that ultimately when the rubber meets the road and when we look at our lives as a whole and when we look at the Psalms, we see this massive, beautiful, profound reality, but yet simple. Yahweh is the Lord of our journey. It's Yahweh. He's Lord. We're not. It's Yahweh who's been involved from the very start of our lives. It's Yahweh who's, uh, who's trained us up. It's Yahweh who's breathed life into us. It's Yahweh who's protected us. It's Yahweh who's provided for us. It's Yahweh who's been the comforter to us. And in every season of our life, whether we feel like the Lord is with us or whether we don't, Yahweh is the Lord of this pilgrimage. He's in charge, people. He's got this. He's with us. He's walking with us on the journey, and he's in control. And even in the worst seasons of our lives, where it feels like uh, in disorientation that we talked about last week, God has utterly forsaken us, this feeling, this fear that we all have when things aren't coming together in our lives. We feel that God has utterly forsaken us. Even in those seasons, we find that God is in control and that there is, in fact, a holy someone who journeys with us and who's there with us even when we don't 
even recognize it. And it kind of reminds me of the time Michael Scott journeyed out into the Pennsylvania wilderness. And you know, I've, I, we've shown this clip in the past at Young Adults, but I think instead of explaining it, I, I actually just want to show you guys. So I'm going to take every chance I get and show office clips. So if you could forgive me for this, for those of you who haven't seen The Office, but for those of you who have and love Michael Scott as much as I do, let's just, uh, let's bring the lights down, Gabriel. Let's turn this volume up and let's see and uh, check out the time that Michael journeys into the Pennsylvania wilderness thinking that he was alone when actually there was someone who was there all along protecting him. Check this out. Okay. What are you doing? I am putting this on so I have no familiarity with my surroundings. Get up a little bit more. Now this way, I can't retrace my steps. I don't know what streets we've been... Ow! What are you doing? It would be better if you were unconscious. No! Here. God! Dwight, stop it! Stop what? it! Stop it! Do you want to do this right Just... or not? I am totally alone right now with only my thoughts. I love it. I'm loving it. I can literally say anything I want. No one is going to hear me. I have hemorrhoids! Doesn't even matter. Michael's a man of great depth and passion. I don't know what he's searching for out here. I hope he finds it. Well, it is a little chillier than I had thought, so I have fashioned my hat back into my pants. Several hours in, it's time for me to find some nourishment. Now, these woods are full of creatures that can sustain human life. Things like uh, uh, squirrels, a nice juicy rabbit would be delicious. About two more minutes. I have made this spear with which I will impale my dinner. Under this tree, I think I struck the mother load. Those are nature's best mushrooms. Mm. Ah! I have a nice wood desk. I don't need fresh air because I have the freshest air around, AC. And I don't need wide open spaces. Check it out. I can also make it this guy. Forgive me, forgive me, I have sinned. No, I'm just kidding. How many of you love The Office, people? Come on, show some love. Just when Michael thought, as we bring those lights back up, just when he thought that he was totally alone, and just when he thought he was kind of charting his own journey out into the great outdoors, uh, forgive me in advance when I say this, but Dwight Schrute, the, the God figure of this illustration, I probably need, should have thought through this a little bit better, but... He comes and, and he, he rescues Michael Scott. And it turns out that Dwight was kind of there all along, protecting Michael from eating nature's best mushrooms. 
And I think often in our walk in this journey with the Lord, we find that it's very similar, that we think that this is kind of our thing. We think that this is our journey. We think that this is us out in the wilderness by ourselves, charting our own course. But in fact, Yahweh is the Lord of our journey. Yahweh is the one who's in control. Yahweh is the one who overarches this canopy of covenant under which we live. He's the one who is journeying with us and who has got this thing down on the lock. He's got it. We can trust him. And uh, he's worthy of our trust. He's proven himself faithful. And we can know full well that regardless of what we walk through in this life, and regardless of what our life holds, it is Yahweh who's the Lord of our journey. And so we can join the psalmist and declare in Psalm 97 the declaration, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Oh, you who love the Lord, hate evil. Here it is. He preserves the life of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns in our story. The Lord reigns in our journey. The Lord reigns in every season that we walk through. Then regardless of what life holds, we can know and be confident and stand secure that there is a Lord of our journey and it's not us. It's Yahweh, our comforter, our God, our savior, the faithful one, the sovereign king who overshadows us and encompasses us with his love and with his grace. He's in control. He's in control over our finances. He's in control over our dysfunctional family. He's in control of our stress-inducing single life. He's in control over our romantic endeavors. He's in control over our vocational aspirations and pursuits. People, Yahweh is the Lord of the journey. And as we engage in this pilgrimage and this journey of the life of faith, we know that there is someone who's got it, and it's not us. Yahweh the faithful one, the durable one. And as we look back on this series, we see that uh, we, we, week one, we looked at this canopy of covenant under which we live and under which we journey and how there's not a single thing in our lives that we live that's outside this canopy of covenant that the Lord has made with us. And then we looked at that of uh, orientation, how life is just clicking and there's alignment and it feels good and things are just as they should be. Then disorientation, how things are just in disarray and destroyed and there's destruction and decimation, whether in soul or in situation. And then this morning we looked at new orientation. And I say that to say there's this paradigm, this ever-changing story that kind of unravels within our stories. And there's ever-changing movement in our lives between orientation and seasons of disorientation and then into new orientation. And our lives in any given season are characterized by this movement in these three, in and out of these three, orientation, disorientation, new orientation. And regardless of where you're at this morning, Yahweh is Lord of your journey. And regardless of where you're at this morning, we can trust, whether oriented, disoriented, newly oriented, which I I love that language that we've been using, that there's someone who is with us. There's someone who sticks with us, who not only journeys with us, but is sovereign over the journey and is sovereign over the pilgrimage. And the profound thing that I think can anchor us in our lives of faith is that this person is someone who is pretty dang good at being in control, 
because it's someone who has journeyed with his people for century after century, millennia after millennia, who has revealed himself as faithful and revealed himself as strong and revealed himself as sovereign over the course of human history. It's Yahweh, the one who's with us and the one who's on this journey. And so He's the one who comforts us in our sorrow. He's the one who draws near to us in our affliction. He's the one who heals us of our diseases. He's the one who gives us a new song in our mouth, who delivers us from the pit. It is Yahweh, the Lord of our journey. And so as we walk our lives of faith, and as we journey this pilgrimage that we're on, and this ever-changing seasons of life, we know that this God who journeys with us, and this God who is over the journey, is the God who has been doing this for millennia. This God who's been walking with his people, this God who's got it down, this God who is worthy of our trust. We can trust him, and we can know that in all of our endeavors, in all of our journeys, uh, romantic, vocational, educational, financial, whatever, the Lord is the Lord of all. Yahweh is the king of our pilgrimage and our journey, and it's a journey that began with him knitting us together in our mother's womb. A journey that began with him speaking life over us, documenting for us all of the days that we would live before one of them came to pass, that began there and that will end with him receiving us into glory and bringing us and inviting us and welcoming us into the new creation so that for all eternity we can stand and we can look upon the king of our story and know that he was the one who journeyed with us throughout the entirety of our lives and through this pilgrimage. And we will sing of his faithfulness and we'll sing of his love and we'll adore him for all eternity. These same hands that knit us together are the hands that welcome us into the new creation and the hands that are with us and work in our story as we journey on this pilgrimage. Amen. Amen. Let's pray and then we'll go into discussion. Father, we thank you that you are in control. We thank you that you are God and we are not. We thank you that you are on this pilgrimage with us. We thank you that you are journeying with us and that you are intimately aware of our stories. God, I pray that you would help us and you would guard us from any belief that that would... um, Think that you aren't here or think that you're absent. Lord, would you guard us from any notion in our hearts, in the dark corners and in the dark seasons where we just assume that uh, struggle and suffering even and disorientation equate with your absence. God, that is not the case. You are here and you are Lord. And even if in the fog we see you, we still know that we see you and you're here And we can trust, Yahweh, that you are in control of our stories. And I pray that every single story, every single journey, every single season that all of us are in, I pray that you would breathe fresh life into it. God, for the disoriented, I pray that you would bring them into new orientation. God, for the newly oriented, I pray that we would have songs of faithfulness, and songs of adoration on our lips, praising you for the reality that all that we have in life is grace and all is gift. God, our car rides and our transportations to and from point A to point B is a gift. Being in here together is a gift. Uh, Breath in our lungs is a gift. Lord, every single part of our lives, every good and perfect gift we know, Yahweh, is from you. And the giver of the gifts is the one who is the Lord over our stories and the Lord over our pilgrimage. So we thank you. Would you let us journey and walk faithfully and obediently to you, Lord?
And I pray that as we discuss and as we unpack all that has been spoken to us this morning and throughout this series, would you continue to teach us, Holy Spirit? Would you open up our eyes to see your truth? And would you continue to be the God that reveals yourself to us on this journey of faith? And we thank you and praise you and give all the glory and honor to you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Talk about Michael Scott. Talk about Dwight Schrute. Talk about what you want, people. Discussion questions are up here. Uh, Love you guys. God bless you as you discuss. Uh, Give you about 10, 15 minutes, and then we'll wrap up here in in a little bit. Much love. All right, young adults. Don't mean to intrude on your discussions. Feel free, carry these through even after we wrap up here, um, because I don't want to lose any traction that you guys may be feeling right now. Quick thing, right before we wrap up, Matthew Tistammer, our military pastor, is in the back. And that's it. He's in the back. No, I'm just kidding. There's cadets. Um, uh, pastor Tistammer, he's having military prayer right now. So if any of you guys want to join him, literally you can get up right now and go out to the military prayer room, or you can wait for us to wrap up here after we're done. But he's in the back, and he would love to pray with you guys um, and chat with you and get to know you a little bit. But we have that every week, military prayer, for those of you cadets or any military uh, who are in the house. So everybody else, let's stand up on our feet. And let me bless you guys this week as we continue to pilgrim and journey, and walk our lives of faith with the Lord. People of God, I pray that the Lord would bless you and that he would keep you. I pray that he would make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. I pray that he would lift his bright, shining countenance upon you and give you peace, people of God. I pray that you would walk and that you would journey and that you would uh, pilgrim this life of faith with the Lord and with his holy presence and in his holy presence, knowing that Yahweh is sovereign, Yahweh is faithful, and Yahweh is the Lord of your journey. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody said... Amen.